Some people think little girls should be seen and not heard. One, two, three, four! People do feel very radically different about gender experience. I mean, that's just like the rules of feminism. That diversity is like the number one thing I think that has to be reckoned with. Agenda with Tanya Ali and Katie Winton. Good morning, you're listening to Agenda on FBI Radio, your Saturday morning fix of art, politics, news and trash from a feminist perspective. I'm Katie Winton. And I'm Tanya Ali. Agenda on FBI Radio is broadcast on Gadigal land and I would like to acknowledge the Gadigal people as the original custodians of the land we broadcast on and pay my respects to their elders past and present. I also acknowledge the significance of Redfern as a place of strength, resistance, knowledge sharing and storytelling for many communities and would like to honour that history. It's our final show of Agenda. Uh... This show has been running for just over two years now, every Saturday morning since November 2016, and it's our final hour on FBI Radio. I have to say the show's definitely become a lot more smooth and there's less Judith Butler quotes um, <laughs> and, and way less dead air than when Isabella Hawthorburn and I started it back in 2016. I think it definitely had um, a DIY kind of charm to it, to it, it then. It absolutely <laughs> did. I do remember listening uh, back in the day in the early days of Agenda and it was it was always a little bit touch and go, but in the best way. <laughs> really we just kept you... people guessing, yeah, you know. Yeah, and it was... that's what you want on a Saturday morning. <laughs> <laughs> Surely. Um, for our last show today, we're going to be hearing from FBI Radio Music Director Amelia Jenner. And I have to say, I'm constantly in awe of Amelia and I'm so glad that she's at FBI. So I'm really excited. Me to too. Talk to her. She is absolutely incredible. I'm really pumped to hear all about what goes into bringing so much diversity into the FBI Radio sound. And we're also going to chat through her thoughts on festival lineups as well as her work with Nectar, which is a booking, touring and events agency she founded, along with Andy Garvey, Tia Newling and Gemma Colt. This is Donia with How I See It. She's a very cool 20-year-old singer from New York who just released an album a few days ago. Ago, It's called The Avant Garden. You're listening to our last ever show <laughs> of Agenda on FBI Radio. Tryna catch ya Tell him that you're leaving Cause I ain't tryna catch ya I ain't tryna Romanticulous Where my feelings It's passable as a personal obsession Hieroglyphics When I go ahead and text him Cause you know I like to keep him second guessing Sense of innocence When I'm learning he just wanna get a taste of when I start to sin He knows his rarity, it's clear to me he wanna binge It's clear to me he wanna I ain't tryna guess ya, you know when I mean it I ain't tryna guess ya, I'll call it how I see it Meet me in the back, yeah, I can tell you're fiending Meet me in the back, yeah, tell him that you're leaving I ain't tryna guess ya, you know when I mean it on defense but I'm wishing he would chill questioning intent tell me how I'm supposed to feel I'm a fucking see and he looking for my seal how you see the shine and you start trying to conceal and you start trying to you wanna I ain't trying to guess you you know when I mean it I ain't trying to guess you I'll call it how I see it meet me in the back yeah I can tell you're feeling meet me in the back yeah 
his life He just fumbled with a lie He accustomed to my type I just stumble on his life He just fumbled with a lie He accustomed to my type I ain't tryna cast ya You know when I mean it I ain't tryna cast ya I call it how I see it Meet me in the back, yeah I can tell you're feeling listening to Agenda on FBI Radio and right now we're going to hear from Larissa Shearman's Behind the Lens series which tells the stories of female filmmakers. A couple of weeks ago we heard the first episode which featured Megan, a film director and the president of Women in Film and Television New South Wales. So for episode two this week we'll meet Pauline who is a Jaeger woman and a filmmaker uh, with many years in the industry. So in this uh, episode she discussed how her Aboriginality intersects with her filmmaking. So when people meet you, they sort of go, oh, really? You're Aboriginal? You know, you're a producer on top of it, you know? Can you really handle numbers? Can you really handle money? You know, like, you've got to let it wash off your back because that's always going to happen in some ways. You're listening to Behind the Lens, the show where we figure out what the hell has gone wrong for women in film, one story at a time. I'm Larissa Shearman. That was Pauline Clegg, a director and producer who has been in the industry for over 20 years. She was one part of a director-producer duo alongside Rima Tamo, who were considered the Hollywood filmmakers of the Aboriginal nations. She's going to give us an insight on how gender inequality intersects with Aboriginality in her career. The things that Colin and Joyce had in common were the things about humanity and social justice and human rights, and I think they're the central things for, for partnerships. That was an excerpt from Pauline's film, When Colin Met Joyce, which is a story of her parents and their lives being an interracial couple in the 1960s. I was at University of New South Wales and I always thought I was going to be a lawyer. And that was partly because when I was eight, I watched a film called To Kill a Mockingbird and I thought I wanted to be Abacus. And when the Marbo decision came down in my second year and I went and I watched the film again and went, oh my goodness, it was actually the film and not the person. And I saw the power of film at that point. I think in a traditional sense, in an Aboriginal way, I probably would have told stories or been a holder of stories, maybe. So I like to think of myself as a storyteller as well as I just use the form of filmmaking to help tell those stories. One of the things that Pauline makes clear to me is that while she's part of the first wave of Indigenous film, many women and men have come before her. And that's something that struck me. She very rarely made this agendaed issue and only when talking about her experiences outside the Aboriginal community. It seems that while being a woman who is also Indigenous makes it a lot more difficult in the mainstream, within the Indigenous film industry, there appears to be no such thing as a gender divide. 
the lovely thing about working in the Indigenous film industry and working in the festival circuit as well is that nearly all of the Indigenous festivals, it's often 50-50. In Imaginative this year, it's 67% women that will be the directors and most of those are feature films because it's about inclusion. We can't, as Indigenous people, tell one side to the story. You know, for every male that we've helped get into the industry. There's always been a female counterpart to that. I think I'm really lucky that I'm a Jaeger woman because I have really strong female role models. Um, All of my aunties are really staunch. We're very much a matriarchal community. So it's when an Aboriginal woman looks outside their community that they start to feel their gender lets them down. And the first point for this is usually at film school. The digital technology has created now an opportunity for us to open the doors a little bit more and go, okay, like before it was a part of the elite and so it was only ever people from the North Shore with a lot of money, you know, making films, you know, and only a few women were punching through that line and and often no one from ethnic backgrounds. Our film schools haven't woken up to the fact that the technology that is there and enabling communities to finally open their ways of telling stories because on top of it we still teach sometimes a wrong structure to a film. Some of us have been brought with a different beat to the drum and so do we fit into a three-act Hollywood sort of kind of cinema approach? Some of the barriers would be distance. You know, if you're living over in Alice Springs, for example, trying to study over here in one of the most expensive cities on this side of the world um, is a very hard task. That was Travis Cardona, acting head of the Indigenous unit at AFTERS. The department was created by Kaya Sheriff in 2016 to influence the executives of the film school and to create programs which would increase the Indigenous attendance at the school. The proof is in the numbers. So there was 91 in the past uh, from about uh, 2016. Since 2016, 2017, there's been 23 Indigenous students now enrolled. That amount has never happened before since Kai set up the Indigenous unit. So it's a really um, exciting time for afters. Pauline was integral in the beginning of the process to change things. When I was at afters, I was there for three years. Um, I was the Indigenous training officer there in open programs and we designed a couple of key courses. During the three and a half years I was there, we trained around 600 Um, blackfellas in different ways. Indigenous film practitioners and creators within the sector are some of the most influential people. For example, people like Pauline and Rachel Perkins and Erica Glynn, and they're women, but they're also real pioneers of the industry as well, and there's many more. It's because of women like those ladies I've mentioned that people like myself have had the careers I've had. So having strong women like Pauline in key roles is good for everyone. She proves that if you're talented and hardworking, you can make a place for yourself no matter who you are. I don't know, and maybe it's part of my DNA and, you know, the chutzpah that my mum and dad have in not seeing it as never believing that I was ever going to fail because I always thought or every failure is a lesson to how to do it better next time. You've got to hold on to not listening to the voices outside and that's where whether it's tall poppy syndrome that you guys use or we call it the crab in the bucket those analogies and that concept of it's almost like a lateral violence to each other and often it's woman to woman now it's about helping to sell the side of the story that 
should be quite easy. We're 50% of the world's population, right? So there should be an easy way to get us to that point. How do you change the dialogue of his story? Because it's always about his story in history rather than her story. Well said and definitely something to reflect on. A big thank you to Pauline and for Travis for coming on. Well, it's advice time and I personally love what Pauline has in store for you. Take it away. My biggest lesson is to laugh a lot. Have a little bit of a champagne existence on your beer budget. And that just means that every once in a while do something for yourself that really allows you to take in working in an industry that is an absolute privilege to be a part of. Don't get caught in the negativity of the industry and it can be brutal. Don't ever lose your own spirit. Don't be what other people want you to be. Be who you are. Makes for a better filmmaker in the long run. Him from the country, so him got to be funky, funky.
You're listening to Agenda on FBI Radio. That was Khalees featuring Andre 3000 with Millionaire because it's our last show ever of Agenda and I've given up on trying to be cool with my music selections and Agenda has just become pop hits for the last few weeks. Um, Amelia, I'm sorry for playing Khalees. We're joined now by Amelia Jenner, who is the music director of FBI Radio. Thanks um, for joining us. Firstly, never apologise for Khalees. Uh, that song... It's so good, so like good. pop or not, whatever. It's just we did wake up early this morning. Yeah, right. <laughs> and Khalees is also the number one like go getter, badass, like caught on blue chef. Love it. She's amazing. She is amazing. Yeah, Amelia. Since you've come on as FBI's music director, the sound of the station has really started to reflect the diversity that is out there in all aspects, particularly the diversity of wider Sydney and also internationally. I feel like you've mm. got a lot of international representation that isn't just like the UK and mm. America. Uh, could you talk us through your approach to curating the music on FBI Radio? Well, it's uh, it's quite the jigsaw puzzle. We, In terms of just like hardline quotas, we have to play 50% Australian music, half of that from Sydney. Um, and so what does that mean in terms of Sydney as such a huge place with so many people in it? Um, we can't just be programming music from kids from the eastern suburbs, you know. So we've got to be thinking about the entire city, Wollongong, Newcastle, the Blue Mountains, Penrith, Parramatta, everywhere. So um, we do a really big job of actively looking for people from other parts of the city rather than just the centre. Then we also have to program at least 50% female artists because, duh. So, um, and that's not hard. It's not hard at all. Like, but we just have to make sure every week that our playlist reflects that. Um, and then at least every week we try and have artists from different parts of the world that aren't, like you said, the US or the UK. Also not hard. There is so much amazing music out there and Bandcamp is the most incredible tool for finding music from other parts of the world that isn't the UK and the US. And you know, you got to look further than Pitchfork and you got to look further than your email and you do have to put in the work and that's what I spend 95% of my week doing is just scouring the internet for different things. I follow so many different types of people on the internet and I have so many screenshots in my phone of just different things that come out. Yeah, it's just, the world is just so vast and rich and amazing and there's just so much to find if you actually spend a little bit of time scratching beneath the surface. I guess the uh, 50% Australian and 50% from Sydney is is a quite a common um, FBI, mm. like common knowledge in terms of FBI programming, but um, mm. some of the other quotas you just mentioned, like having 50% non-male artists mm -hmm. uh, and having artists from a broad variety of places and perspectives, is that something that you've implemented or has that been... Um, that? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, I can't speak to how the other uh, music directors were working, but... When I came in, that was something that I knew that I wanted to make sure we were across um, when we had our music meetings every week and were working out the jigsaw puzzle that is the playlist. Um, and, yeah, I guess it's just not that hard and I guess it's just, like, second nature for me. So I, was kind of, I wasn't, like, coming in being like, we're doing X, Y, Z. It was just kind of like, well, of course we're going to do this. I mean, yeah, it's not second nature for you, but it, it, I mean, it is second nature for you, but it's not for a lot of people. Mm. So I think it's been a really great... Um, change to see in our programming yeah and a very like important change to hear on air and it's I think very obvious to people that well yeah I'm glad that people are actually like cottoning on to it um 
So uh, earlier this year, we had FBI Turns 15, our festival, which you curated the lineup for. And mm-hmm. I, we've chatted a bit about it on agenda. But on the day, I didn't catch one act with only cis, white, straight males performing, which felt very good. <laughs> <laughs> um, what do you think is holding people back from curating culturally and gender diverse lineups like you did? Laziness. Yeah. Like for real. But like also that's not even an excuse anymore with places like FBI making such a concerted effort to be more diverse. It's not hard for a festival curator to just be like, oh, just check what FBI's been playing. Like, and then there's your lineup, you know? I mean, I don't want to toot FBI's horn too much, but, <laughs> you know, like it's not that hard to be looking anymore. And I think people just go for like a knee jerk kind of like, oh yeah, we'll get this band, we'll get that band, they'll sell us tickets. Yep, done, let's go. And they don't even think about it. But I, in saying that, I feel like that is definitely in... Not, I don't want to say the minority, but it is definitely changing and it's almost becoming like super uncool to be doing festivals like that. And it's always just like the older generation, like, oh, sorry, but Blues Fest, like, uh. you know, um, it's always like all these young, cool new festivals that are popping up or like um, Fairgrounds, which is happening this weekend or Womb Adelaide, like all of these festivals are doing such an amazing job of like rising the like the level of... Um, curatorial relationships in Australia. Yeah, it kind of amazes me when things like Blues Fest happen because there's such a big call-out culture, you know. Yeah. There's like, it's like, aren't line- you scared? Yeah, there's <laughs> the, well, truly there's such a, like, all of these kind of Instagram accounts, like, mm. lineups without males. I mean, I guess Blues Fest isn't really scared of no. <laughs> being called well, out. But, it- but, I mean, it did have, like, there was such a significant backlash that they had to respond, not that they did a very good job of mm. doing that. Mm. But I th- I honestly think they didn't think about it mm. before and, and that's, I guess, the the best part of call-out culture is that it's making people think, think mm. before they it's release like a stupid It's like bursting lineup. their little bubble. Totally. Yeah. I mean, yeah. FBI Turns 15 was just like the perfect example of how um, it's not that hard to be curating those sort of things. Like, we put so much effort into that lineup, but not effort in terms of like, shit, where are we going to find the artist to play? It was like effort in terms of making it like super well-rounded in terms of what and there was there was men on the lineup and amazing men that did such a great job on the day um but it's it's just not that hard to just have a big fruit salad you know well i feel like it's important to you know kind of curate people that are musically talented and people mm. that are you know what am i trying to say i feel like you do a really good job of finding really amazing artists that they are amazing artists first and foremost and then Mm. you know like you're not necessarily just filling quotas to Mm. have that lineup either like it is really an amazing lineup. And when you fill quotas I mean I'm also a big believer in quality over quantity like the quality of the representation is much better than how much you have so putting the women or the people of colour or the non-binary people at the top of the list and putting them in a really good position rather than just filling a quota and like throwing a girl in a spot that you know no one's going to be there to watch or and it's obvious that it's just a checkbox. Yeah, it becomes super obvious when you've yeah. done that to fill that space, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, you can see it on festival posters when like all of the women are just at the bottom, the bottom. and like sure there's a lot, but yeah, you're not putting mm. them or like elevating them yeah. into a space. You're not saying we respect you and we want to represent you in the way that we think you deserve. Even if maybe you're not at that level yet, it's these festivals that have, or the radio programmers or anyone that has the power to say, no, we want to rise them to the top. You Absolutely. Know? I feel like there's such a big scope for providing that space and that mm. platform to people. Mm-hmm. Why, why would you not? Yeah. 
Totally. Can we talk about Nectar? Yes. Um, a few weeks ago, we were joined by Tia Newling and Andy Garvey on Agenda to talk about Nectar. And since then, you guys put on your most recent party, Infinity. Mm-hmm. How did it go? It was really good. Yeah, it was so fun. Um, I mean, putting on parties in Sydney, as you've probably heard, is becoming incredibly difficult and just oh, it's just such a police state in Sydney at the moment. And things are really tiring but then you do have an event and people come and it's so beautiful and the people that do come like the four of us have done I think a really great job of fostering a really nice community of people that want to come and so the people that come are super respectful super lovely they're there for the music they're there to express themselves and everyone feels comfortable and yeah it's just such a nice feeling it almost feels like a family gathering sometimes as cheesy as that is <laughs> Um, yeah, can you talk to us about who is a part of Nectar and maybe why you hmm. started it? Um, well, the four of us did a party at the start of the year. So Andy Garvey, Tia Newling, Gemma Cole and myself. And we did a party just kind of for fun. It was technically the three of them. And then they were like, oh, we need a fourth to like help out. Amelia, do you want to do it? And I'm like, yeah, cool, let's do it. Um, and then it kind of, the party went so well and we were so shocked um, that we were kind of like, well, guys, connect like collectively, we all have so many different expertise that we could bring together and actually do something cool and fun. And there's such a big gap in the market in Sydney for something like Nectar, which is a booking, touring and events agency, but not a big dog booking events, touring agency, more for smaller artists who might need help. Um, like, how do you put on a party or how do you... Um, what should I negotiate for this fee? This person is taking advantage of me. What do I do? And we're just like there to be a buffer. Like we're not there to be making big bucks. We're not there to be big noting ourselves in any way. We're there just to be like, you're stronger when you're together. That is so beautiful. <laughs> There's a lot of emotions in, in, in the studio today, I feel like. <laughs> I'm on edge, Amelia. Don't oh, push God, me. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. You do have the final Nectar Party of the Year next weekend. We what do. can we expect? Um, a whole lot of sweat, uh, a whole lot of dancing, a whole lot of yelling. Uh, Tia and I are very big yellers at our party, so we're always down the front. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so we have CL who is coming over from Canada, who we love. She's so fab. She's part of the Disc Woman roster, so we're very excited to have her. Um, and then we are welcoming back Cassius Select. So he is originally from Sydney, but um, moved back to Canada, which is his hometown. So we have two Canadians on the lineup, which is very exciting. Um, and then we have uh, DJ Offit, who is um, Holly Eisenmung. I mean Holly Friedlander Ludicote, sorry. Um, and she works at CBAA, and she is a poet a published poet she writes books she is fab and she's a really wild dj so she's going to be great and we also have dj mum which is my personal favorite name ever for a dj (laughs) um coming up from melbourne so that's going to be very exciting so good how can people get tickets are there any tickets remaining yeah there's still tickets available um they're available through humanitix um, which is a really amazing platform that donates all of the booking fees to charities and you can um, elect a charity which is really fun um, so there's t- still tickets available but the best way to find out all the info is through the Nectar Facebook group which is a private group and you just have to put in a few details about yourself and you can join the group and we keep we have a group so we can kind of keep our events safer and not open to the broader public essentially 
Amelia, thank you so much for talking to us on our last ever show. Oh my God, guys. It's so (laughs) sad, but also so happy. You guys have brought so much love to FBI every Saturday morning. It's so good. It's just like so refreshing to turn on the radio and like hear a stupid pop song and like (laughs) hear you guys giggling and like know that Tanya's been out all night and just like I'm outing her. She's so outed. (laughs) She's outed. But you know, like. Not last night. Not last night. She's well rested. (laughs) But you know, it's just so nice to just listen to the feminist perspective from like a fun happy side of things yeah it's beautiful thank well thank you and i think yeah (laughs) we've had such a great i feel like fbi has been such a supportive and amazing platform for us to be able to really get quite experimental on some of our (laughs) shows so (laughs) thank you for that uh this is tommy genesis with execute you're on fbi radio on my back your bitch fixated on my past she unequated to my pet, I'm running wolves, God, we made it subjugated like syntax. They're gonna take me to court for my vision. Take me to court, them chains, I'll have to take me to court, them chains. They're gonna bring it to the stand for my women. Flop to stand, they stand on me. Flop to stand, they stand They're gonna try to restructure my wisdom. Tries you, man, you try too hard. Tries you, man, you try. They're gonna bring it to my back, but he can't stop. Pray to my God, he can't stop. Pray to my God, he can't stop. Pray to my God, he can't stop. I'm just sex cute my vision. 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 Rubber dub, fucky in the club with your headphones. Bored motherfucker in the band. Big ass, flipping those bubbles down the joy pipe Grow up, smelling like that cotton candy crush Pit balls, looking through the fans while I drive by Garage door, cropped over lemonade stand pie Big blue lips, make me get out your soul Now get a good look at his chest and his old Now turn a corner left down the road to the suburbs Call me up, they not saying nothing but the love words You were standing in the yard with your sister Don't fuck a weak bitch, cause they always gonna say shut I'm just excuse my vision. 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 Wait, I do wheelies in the parking lot as I fight. Bitches all hoops and runs and I like these smoke and blaze. I be mad she learn.
Tommy Genesis just there with Execute. You're listening to Agenda on FBI Radio. We got some very cute texts in. Uh, we got one from Ella that says, I love Agenda. Can I please request Run Away With Me by Carly Rae, dedicated to the sweet, sweet angel Tanya Ali. <laughs> Ella, we played that last week. So, we, so uh, we, listen back. So <laughs> you can uh, listen to our podcast. Um, we got a, a nice one. It says, hi, gorgeous ladies. Firstly, you all rock. Secondly, may I ask why Agenda has to go? Do you have something else in the making? Not that you haven't got enough to do already. Please keep believing in yourselves and being passionate. Thanks for keeping it real. Giving us listeners substance as well as awesome music. That was from Megs from Colory, which is really sweet. Thanks, Thanks, Megs. Um, I guess Agenda has to go because we we do have a lot to do. (laughs) Yeah. um, No, I think we've been doing it for two years and I just think we're all uh, very burnt out and um, we love it so much that I feel like sometimes we don't have the time and energy to put as much into it as we would like to. So I feel like we're... We're quitting while we're ahead, yeah. maybe. Yeah, yeah. totally. But you can listen back to all of the podcasted you episodes. Can. <laughs> and also, uh, if you need a uh, DJ trio. <gasps> I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> we're not quitting. <laughs> we're, we're hidden agenda. Yeah, we are hidden agenda. <laughs> we're available for bookings anytime. Hit us up. Yeah, it'll be great. We definitely bring the party. We've played all of one show so far, but it was Look, uh, it was great. It was thank you. <laughs> thanks, <laughs> thanks for. I forgot. I totally forgot about our DJ um, name and group. Yeah, Megs, we're we're available for bookings. Um, we also got another text from Oni, which is really nice. That says, "Thank you, Katie, for being a precious gemstone on agenda and helping create a platform for so many diverse voices. Love you, Oni." That's. Very lovely and maybe is a good segue into uh, talking about some of the highlights of working on the show. I completely (laughs) forgot the segue is that Oni has done a lot of contributing to Agenda, which has been really amazing that I've thoroughly enjoyed. Um, I guess, yeah, (laughs) I totally forgot about our uh, news segment that we used to have that Izzy started called Go Home, Everything is Terrible, (laughs) um, where we'd read out the good and bad feminist news from the week. It was... It was so good. I absolutely loved listening to it uh, on morning drives. Just you guys would get yeah really like passionate and angry about something, and then like bring it back with something real fun and silly. And it was like a great I don't know a great representation of what agenda is. I feel it was yeah it was quite loose. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I think for me this year has been like very astrologically heavy. I've gone from being like an absolute hater of astrology, just like totally off it, to a skeptic to now someone who's pretty sure it's not that real, but like references it at every opportunity I get because it's so fun. And I think Nikki Liakos, aka Astro Nikki's uh, astrology segment that happened um, for I think like a month and a bit earlier this year almost is single-handedly to thank for that personal transformation. So thank you, Nikki. Uh, I think Astro Nikki was a really great agenda edition. I really liked when she would read out um, celebrity charts. Yeah, uh, I remember I think she, she read did. out like Drake and Rihanna's. Mm. It actually caused some pretty controversial um, responses oh, to definitely. Astro Nikki though. People were really confused about <laughs> why, like the direction that agenda was going in. I feel like it was good to like ruffle some feathers, you know. Yeah. Um, also, Natasha Matilla Smith has been speaking with New Zealand based artists, writers and curators for the last few shows, which has been really interesting to hear what's happening outside of the Sydney art bubble. That's been really a highlight. Um, And I also, yeah, to come back to Oni and Nadia Hernandez um, and Oni Blue, 
I really, I really enjoyed working with both of those people on Agenda. Um, Oni's interview with activist um, and sex worker Gala Vanting was one of my favourite episodes of Agenda. They talked about the Foster-Sesta laws, which is the fight online sex trafficking laws, um, and the implications that had for Australian sex workers. And that was the same week that arts educator Georgia Mokak came on the show to talk about the complexities of NADOC week. Um, I, I just, yeah, there have been so many amazing conversations that we've been able to facilitate on the show, and I'm so, like, truly so grateful to all of those guests that have come on for giving up their time and energy and often their emotional labour early on a Saturday morning um, to talk about their work and the work that they're doing. And I guess because we've been doing it for so long, sometimes I forget how daunting it is to be on live radio talking about things that are really personal. So just such a huge, huge thank you to everyone who's come on Agenda. I I, I have learnt so much from doing it as well, which yeah. has been amazing. Absolutely. I, um, I've i kind of been reflecting over the past few weeks on how much Agenda has like meant to me for a year and a half as like just a listener of Agenda. Um, jumping into the car and having you and Izzy soundtrack <laughs> my Saturday morning drives was always the best way to start my weekend. And as Amelia was saying, like, it was so great to just like tune in and hear two gals just shooting the breeze, <laughs> talking about things that were important to them. Sometimes talking about like like hearing pop culture conversations on FBI was also such a novelty when Agenda started because nothing like that had ever really been programmed before and it's just so important. You have done so much amazing work. Um, and I did want to say I think maybe one of my highlights was the first episode that I ever hosted with you where Amina Tuso came on as a guest. Amina um, hosts Call Your Girlfriend, this amazing podcast, and she was here for Sydney Writers Festival and it was such a a good chat and like having that be the the very first agenda that I was like involved in um yeah I'll never forget it <laughs> I feel like this show is becoming quite a gushy uh <laughs> thank you speech which it was always going to be but I don't think I could finish agenda without thanking Caroline Gates who I pitched the show to and it's very baby very very different and very problematic stages um who gave me so much gentle guidance and mentorship and I like really can't ever thank Caro enough for all the work that she did at FBI um, also Tanya and Mari, <laughs> you guys have been such an incredible dream to work with. I can, I can save all of the praises for off air, but I do want to say a huge thank you to you both. I feel like we found such a good balance with our working and friendship relationship and I'm, I'm just going to miss seeing you every Saturday morning. Uh, and also <laughs> I'd just like to make another thank you to, um, Isabel Hawthorburn, who in the spirit of agenda friendship, love song dedications, I need to dedicate this song, um, by the breeders to Izzy. Uh, I know you're getting a lot more restorative nap time in Berlin, but the show wouldn't have been, wouldn't be what it is without you. Um, and I love you a lot. And this is the breeders with Driving On Nine. Driving on nine, you could be a shadow beneath the streetlight behind my home. Driving on nine.
Agenda with Katie Winton and Tanya Ali. I don't know why I like it. I just do. You are 
Whitney Houston for you there with So Emotional. You are listening to Agenda on FA Radio. It is our last episode. I'm emotional. I am also so emotional. Um, we just got a really cute text that says, Agenda darlings will miss you. Airwaves will be significantly less femme powerful without you. Love, Daisy and Spence. Aww. And then we just got another one that said... Uh, Love Agenda, Don't Go, in caps lock. Um, That's how I feel. uh, uh, Yeah. Thank you. That was very nice. Also, I want to mention uh, Tatiana Barbarella Kapinski, who was going to come on the show today. Um, She's an amazing artist and writer um, and poet, and she is really sick um, in hospital. So I just want to send our love to Tatiana Barbarella Kapinski and, um, yeah, send her all of our well wishes. Absolutely. Um, okay, we've got Mari on the mic, um, our excellent, amazing producer. Uh, Hi, guys. And we are going to embarrass Katie now oh, with no. a secret segment <laughs> that Mari and oh, I have prepared. <laughs> so, Katie, over the past couple of years, you've t- really touched the hearts of so many people with the work you've done with Agenda and with your big heart energy. Um, and a few of those people have sent in their thank yous oh, for no. us today. So let's take a listen to the first one now. Katie Winton, you've done so presentation at FBI Radio and I can't thank you enough. I think that I'm definitely your target audience because I'm always excited to hear what you're going to do on the show, what songs you're going to play. I'm your biggest fan and I'm upset, so I can't even imagine what the FBI listenership's going to feel. But Tanya, you're iconic and I think the thing I'm going to miss most is Katie Winton running into the studio dancing to pop songs with me every week. It's the highlight of my life. You gals are the highlights of my life. Thank you so much for everything you've done. That was Maria Dimitrakis from The Weekend Overhang on FBI Radio. Thank you, Maria. We love you so much. You always buy us coffee on Saturday mornings when we need it the most, and we definitely appreciate it. Uh, Up next, we're going to hear from a very talented human who is super close to the collective agenda heart. This is Sophie Pengathman young I'm just recording this to say uh, thank you to Katie for all of the hard work that you have done with Agenda. Agenda has made me laugh and it's made me cry often at my desk where it is kind of inappropriate to do both those things because you're listening to a radio show. But you have been amazing and you've created something really special that has meant a lot to myself and a lot of people and I think you should be really proud of yourself. And I think the whole Agenda team should all be really proud of themselves. Uh, you're all amazing. Thank you, Sophie, for those kind words. Um, up next, we're going to hear a short message I've recorded for today because it's hard enough to be articulate on live radio, let alone on a very emotional day like today. So, Hello, Agenda listeners. My name is Mary Stewart and I've been the producer of Agenda for the past couple of years. When I was first asked by FBI's then-program manager, Caro, if I was interested in joining the Agenda team, I was so excited but also terrified at the idea of being the producer for two presenters who were so smart and insightful and funny and were already doing amazing things with the show. But of course, Katie and Izzy were so welcoming and made me feel part of the team from the day I started. And for that, I can't thank the both of you enough. I've always felt funny about calling myself the producer of Agenda, because it's always been the product of everyone who's been part of the family. 
from our segment producers and content creators to the FBI radio community, and of course the show's presenters, Tanya, Izzy and Katie. Katie, when you told us you were thinking of finishing up with the show, I immediately knew that Agenda couldn't continue without you, because you're at the core of the conversations we have every week with your kind and considered approach to every topic we explore. I know that by choosing to end Agenda, we've made space for new conversations from new voices that we might not have otherwise heard from, if not now, then in the future. Above all, though, I hope we've encouraged conversations and challenged beliefs for our listeners and the FBI community. And I want to thank you, Katie, Izzy and Tanya, for giving me that opportunity. Mari, what the <laughs> <hell>? <laughs> <Marie>. <laughs> Okay, you definitely broke up. <laughs> so uh, let's continue on. Uh, someone who's been a big part of Agenda as a past special guest presenter is Nadia Hernandez, and here is what she had to say about the show. Dear Katie, this is Nadia. Where do I begin? I love this program and I love you. Agenda has encouraged me to keep learning about all the beauty that exists in the world and helped me craft ways to cope, maneuver, and fight against all the types of oppression that persist in our society. Thank you for creating this show, for creating this space, for contributing and putting in so much labor and care, and of course letting me be a small part of this program. I'm sure the airways have already started to miss Agenda, and I'm really excited about what you will be doing next. Thank you, Nadia, for everything you've done for Agenda. Um, We're going to hear now from two people who were instrumental in bringing Agenda into existence. Good God, Katie Winton. I've never met anyone who could work so damn hard for so long and stay so positive. You've built something incredible. You've made us think and you should be bloody proud of yourself. Thank you so much for everything you've done with Agenda. All my love, Caroline. Hi, it's Isabel Hawthorburn. Um, I wanted to say huge congratulations to Tanya Mari and Katie. You guys have put in so much hard work and I've learned a lot from you all. It takes a lot of work to put a show together every single week and you should all be really proud of yourselves. Katie, I hope you're going to enjoy your Saturday morning and a little bit more free time, but I'm sure you're going to find something to fill that slot in your heart way too quickly. But Kara was really smart to give you the opportunity to start Agenda, and you built something really special for a lot of people, including myself, and I'm so, so grateful to everything that Agenda brought into my life. So I hope you have a sleep in and uh, can make some shmoney. <laughs> Oh, I totally understand why Izzy was so pissed off when I secretly <laughs> recorded everyone saying nice things about her. Now. That was really very beautiful. Thank you both so much. Thank um, you, Katie. Yeah, thank you so much. And that does bring us to the end of our final episode of Agenda. Thank you so much to FBI Radio for giving us this platform, to everyone who's been a part of the show, and to all of our listeners for tuning in over the past two years. If you want to revisit any of our past episodes, you can check out our podcast, Agenda on FBI Radio, on any podcast app of your choosing. (laughs) Let's go out with Robin. This is Missing You. Bye. See you. Bye.
Empty space, you 